Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the 275 Loop. I'm Sean McMahon, always joined by Alex Frank. This weekend, the Bearcats will go in ranked ninth in the country into Dallas, taking on the 5-0 16th ranked SMU Mustangs. Alex, this matchup's got me a little bit nervous this weekend. SMU's got a pretty elite offense, but... Cincinnati does have an elite defense. Now, the matchup predictor on ESPN has Cincinnati winning this thing by 54%. Really? To SMU's 45%. I know that number doesn't quite add up to 100, but there's a .1 after the 54 and a .9 after the 45. Didn't say that. That I understand. Oh, yeah, well. But, so really, anywho, really 54 and 46. Sure. We'll get, yeah, 40, 54 and 46. Uh,. Since, like I said, Cincinnati has an elite defense. We'll be taking on a, a very high-powered SMU offense, very high-scoring. Um, Alex, give me your quick thoughts on 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 pregame. What are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you excited? What are you thinking? Of course, I'm scared. I mean, this is um, a very elite offense that the Bearcats are facing in SMU. You said it best, Sean. It's our it's our defense, which is um, in the it's in the top five and something related to... I think it's top five overall either uh, yards a game or it's uh, probably points given up, it's if I had the, to guess. It's one, it's one of those two categories. I'll have to look back at the media guides, which is not right in front of me right now. But, I mean, it's it's the Bearcats' defense, and they, and they say defense wins championships, and this is a game that could go a long way to mm-hmm. at least determining who gets to the AAC championship game let alone who wins the AAC championship. But the thing the thing is, Sean, like this matchup last year, it would have been East versus West, and you know, it could have been a potential conference championship preview. Yeah. I mean now every game in the conference matter, regardless of whether you played a team in the East or the West division. But now all the teams are together. It's the top two teams that make the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati, I think they, and specifically with the Bearcats, this is a Bearcats show, they have some breathing room because UCF, they do. UCF has already lost twice. Yep. And they're... To Tulsa, so if we beat them, that's yeah. another good one. Yep. And so, we also have the head-to-head with them. And we have Memphis next week, not trying to mm-hmm. look too far ahead. This is, see, here's the thing about the conference. You can't look too far ahead. Correct. And we learned that last year. I mean, we, I mean, we try to look too far ahead against, who do we try to look too far ahead against? Uh... Tulsa, yeah, ECU, USF, Temple. Kind of looked, we kind of looked past them a little bit. I, I think everybody kind of knew. Um, if you're a Cincy sports fan, you know that even sometimes the sim- what should be simple wins can be heart wrenching, gut wrenching, got you on the edge of your seat games, and it's it's just you know you 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 know your you know your team's good. You do. It's just it feels like sometimes you can't catch a break. You know what I mean. And and, and and that's kind of how it was last year with Temple and and, and um, who else? Uh, USF and ECU. I mean ECU. They went ham on offense that night. Uh, it was crazy. But you know, this is a much different story. This is expected to be a shootout, no doubt. Um, I mean, let's just look at these stats really quickly. Look at Desmond Ritter, forty-seven of seventy-eight. For 597 yards, six touchdowns, and four interceptions on the season. Now, let's look at Shane Bouchelle, who is a transfer from Texas uh, in his second year. I was in high, we were both in high school when he first became a college football player. I, re- I remember when he was career. a starter. I remember when he started out. It was 2016. And it was the uh, he. I don't know if he started that game against he Notre did. Dame. Then did he? He did. Okay, because I remember Tyrell Swoops also played in that game, and I, I know he. I know he had the game winner. And you know who was the head coach of Texas in that game? Uh, it, uh wasn't Tom Herman. No, it wasn't. Mac Brown wasn't still. It was there. not Mac Brown. Yeah, he was gone long. It was Charlie that. Strong. Oh, that's right. How did I forget <laughs> about? That? Good lord, I actually met him on the field at the USF game two years ago. Fun fact. Uh, but anyway, switch over to Shane Bouchelle. He's a nice dude. Uh, Shane Bouchelle, 119 of 177. You can tell they throw the ball a lot. Uh, for 17, just over 1,700 yards, double the amount of touchdowns as Ritter, that's 12, and half as many interceptions, that's two. Okay, but you have to remember that SMU has played two more games than Cincinnati did. Now, I'm not that is saying, also I'm, I'm true. Not, I'm not trying to say that Desmond Ritter's had a better year than what he's had. He's had it. I mean, think about this, Sean. This was, this was posted on social media on Saturday. 
Dylan Gabriel had more passing yards in one game than Desmond Ritter has on the season. I mean, the Bearcats, it's like, how do they win? How do they win 10 games last year? I mean, it was, I mean, it was talked about, I think, by Mike Denbrock. It was a struggle mm-hmm. for them to win some of those games. I mean, yeah. you think about the Bearcats, and I said this when Luke Fickle said they had earned the right to get every team's best shot, and the way the Bearcats are built is they have so many flaws that teams can exploit them. It's not like UCF who will lose if you play a perfect game. You don't have to play a perfect game to beat the Bearcats. Mm-hmm. It's very, very simple to beat Cincinnati. You shut down their run game and you force them one and you make them one dimensional in the pass, they are vulnerable. They're gonna they're gonna struggle, no doubt. I mean, you look at Jared Dokes's uh now we have a very diverse backfield, so uh, these numbers for Jared Dokes. And again, as Alex mentioned, the Bearcats have only pl- uh, only played three games. A not very good running game against Army, mind you. Um, Jared Dokes has 42 carries for 145 yards, four touchdowns on the season, while Ulysses Bentley, the fourth running back for SMU, I would assume he's their bell cow starter, he is. has 74 carries, 506 yards, and eight touchdowns already on the season. Uh, now, they have played five games um, to Cincinnati's three Jay Sean Jackson over here, just quick compare. One more quick comparison: eight receptions for 132 yards. That's pretty good uh, through three games, I would say. Uh, and then uh, who is this? Reggie Ro- Reggie is. Robertson. Uh, let me go back here to uh, 22 he, I receptions. Believe, he, I believe is out for the year, though. Oh, is he? Okay. So, so you can't really. That's, that's interesting. They have him here on the on ESPN's website. Then. Well, he he is their leading receiver, but he's also now, I believe. Out for the year. Okay, well that'll that'll probably so, help so the Bearcats on defense. Yeah, but the guy to watch out for is number eleven, Rache Rice for yeah. SMU. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Sean. This is an SMU team, like you said when you were mentioning Shane Bouchelle. They like to throw the ball down the field. Sonny Dykes and Dan Hort talked about this on Luke Fickle's radio show on Tuesday. Sonny Dykes is a product of the air raid offense, which I, I it doesn't win championships in my opinion, but it does it does sell tickets. It does win games. As was the case with Mississippi State against LSU. Now, granted, Mississippi State's not a very good team, but... No, that's because if you don't play defense in the SEC, you're going nowhere. That's true. Um, But it is is a team, and it's a program, too, that has really... I mean, this is a a program back in 2014, was 1-11. And this is a program, too, Sean, when we think about programs that have been resurrected. Let's not forget that SMU was given the death penalty way back in the 1980s. And we look at SMU's, um, we look at their seasons since then. I was going to run this. I remember remember College Game Day did a whole story about about SMU last year, and and they talked about them getting the death penalty. Tom Rinaldi was actually a very young reporter at the time, and he got to do a story on SMU's death penalty. Wow. Um, I think he might have been working for, like, a local Dallas news. Was it the Dallas Morning News, Dallas Observer or something? Uh, one of those, probably a local news, yeah. And he actually told the story of when he was a young reporter and, and the questions oh. he got to ask and all that stuff. It was a really cool little yeah, feature. Man, of course Tom Rinaldi was involved in oh, that. Oh, yeah. America's sports reporter was, you know. Here's another quick, uh, quick stat yeah. here. The spread is two and a half. That's low. Plus two What's and a half. What's the over-under? The over-under? Uh, do they even have... Oh, it's over here. 55.5. I'm taking hard I'm, over. I'm taking the over. You I'm me. taking hard Here's over. The thing. SMU's going to score 55 alone. I'm telling you that much, right? Maybe not. What? I'm you, were te- you were telling me. I know. I'm you kidding. were poo-pooing. I'm kidding. I, I, I know, I'm but kidding. This is, okay, let's, uh, for those listening, Sean here was... Uh, you were... I said, I'm not... I'm like, spoiler, I'm like, I think we're going to lose on, on Saturday. And he's like, what? And I'm like... SMU is really good, and I our said cor- our quarterback. I said is not to be fair, to be fair, I said that's not the right attitude to have. I did not, in fact. I say mean, it, it is not the right, and I hate that I feel that way. But at the same time, I think about okay, you know, last year, like it, this game reminds me so much of going into Memphis last year. First we, game or second game? Mainly the first, but you had an idea. Going into the second game, that's fair. Because the first game you didn't you didn't know what you didn't know what to expect, but you knew you kind of knew who Memphis was. They were a team that threw the ball down the field, could run the football, had speed, they were athletic, and this Bearcats team I didn't think could compete with that. And 
Throughout the week, I kept thinking, okay, you know, Marcus Freeman's defense will show up. Will the offense show up? So I said, okay, 34-24. I think that's always been the question the past three years. And, like, you know, the Bearcats have shown they can compete with the high-powered offenses of the American. Now, Ohio State last year was a different story. That, yeah. That okay, we can, someone, we can throw that out there. Um, but, like, I just think the Bearcats will get up for this game. Who said it? Was it you? Was it, I don't think it was me. Someone said that the Bearcats played their level of competition. Because uh, they should have been USF by 50. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I... Was that Zach, maybe? I don't think that was me. I don't remember who it was. Maybe I, know, I do remember someone saying might that. might have though. been Zach. I think it might have been Zach. I'm pretty confident. Could be okay. wrong. Okay. Whoever said it. They're right. They got up for Army, and they beat him, I would say, convincingly. Pretty handedly. Not handedly, but... Nah, it was a struggle, but... And then USF, they turned the ball over four times in the in a game that should have been over by the first quarter. Yeah, how many turnovers were there by like the first five minutes of the game? There were four. There were four straight possessions, two by each team with a turnover to start the game. Jeez. Put it to you that way. Yeah. Welcome to the American. Yeah. Welcome to Cincinnati football. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, we look at SMU, and what were they given? The, okay. So they. So they didn't play from eighty-seven. They didn't play in eighty-seven and eighty-eight. This is when they were in the. This is when they were in a conference called the Southwest Conference. Good old South. And their conference journey takes them from the SWC to the Western Athletic Conference to Conference USA to the American, and they arrived in twenty thirteen. I think they were a great addition. Personally, I, I think they have been. Yeah, it's been. You know, the, they struggled the first few years and everything, but like I still think they were. A, heck, they were on college game day last year. Yeah, they were a solid program to add. I think when you, uh, when you look at their history, uh, minus you know the eighties, it's a like, remarkable comeback story, and it's and it's still. A, I mean, this is this wonder. era of SMU football. You got to wonder now, if they, now they did win. Do what? You got to wonder if they pay their players or something. You know what I mean? I mean, look, they're compu- They wonder, have a five star. Unless you wonder about the Alabama. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes well, but but I'm th- I'm talking specifically SMU. I mean, of course, those bigger programs, you're going to wonder that. But you look at a smaller program like SMU, it, it's a little. It, it seems a little weird. I don't want to speculate, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. But you know, our landlord Zeke actually brought that up. That just seems a little weird the way that SMU is, that they're competing to get this five star running back. You know what I mean? I don't know. He, he's a five-star running back. He, yes. could, he could go. He could go anywhere he wants. Okay, but then I look at it from a basketball perspective. James Wiseman, five-star recruit, number one in the country. He goes to Memphis. Mm, yeah, but there were implications there. Though. That is true. Okay. okay. Well, Precious Achua went to Memphis. Okay. Yes, he was. Okay, that's a better example. Let's talk about Achua. They also had Penny Hardaway. I respect him, but I didn't. I am not a fan of him. Yeah. Anywho, go on. Okay, so SMU. Four straight 10-win seasons from 81 through 84. Ranked number... Um, uh, they're ranked number two in the AP poll in 1982. After winning the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we go to what's what's transpired since their um, death penalty. Two and nine, back-to-back one and tens. Two seven and two ties apparently in college football. Then, actually, that works. Overtime didn't get implemented until nineteen ninety five. One and nine, one nine one, one and ten, four and seven, three and nine, zero and twelve in two thousand three, three and eight, back to back one and eleven seasons in 07 and 08. One and eleven in twenty fourteen, two and ten. Five and seven. Now they kind of start to get a little bit mediocre. Seven and six, five and seven, ten and three last year, Sean, and then now at five and zero. Oh. Yeah, uh, this is a this is a program that has under Sonny Dykes and really Chad Morris kind of got it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I mean, really, they oh, look at this. They just came in. Uh, I didn't see that. The Holiday Bowl canceled this season. Uh oh, canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. I wonder if that, I wonder if that means that other bowls are going to cancel too. Uh, that's a, definitely a scary but this possibility. Is, okay, this is off topic, but like I was thinking about this earlier. I'm trying to pull we, up the box in the an box era. Scores. 
box scores. Or the box game cast. That's what I meant. Okay. No, you know what's interesting, Sean, and I thought about this too, in, the, in this year of bubbles, which are apparently so important, isn't when you go to a bowl game, can't you like create your own bubble? Oh, 1,000%. You practically are in your own bubble. Okay. Based on my... I mean, I went to two and bowls. Isn't the, okay, outside of the media events, you've been there. Like, I've been there too. I, I think of the Super Bowl almost like, you know, could be an example of a bubble. Sure. Conference tournaments are essentially a bubble. Okay. Pretty much. It'd definitely be a lot easier. So it's so so it's so it's like this cutting edge idea in this in this sorry, this this pandemic year. Really, it was like that before. Mm-hmm. So now the now the purpose of a bubble I totally understand. And it works. But just throwing it out there, haven't we haven't they been haven't we been doing this? All along, bubbles. Yes, when we think about when we think about it, they've been happening even before coronavirus. In a way, yeah, I guess they kind of have because teams stay in their stay in their own hotels. Heck, there's teams who heck, there's teams who will relocate to a different hotel the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah, to create their own bubble. Right. Because in a normal year, the media is everywhere during the Super Bowl. Definitely. Yeah. They, yeah. They're all over. Okay, that was off topic, but uh. No, it's a good point, certainly. Well, it's just because the alert came through that the Holiday Bowl... Oh, man. I feel bad for, like, teams who could have played in that game. Oh, well. It's Pac-12 and ACC. Who cares? It's the ACC? I thought it was the Big Ten. I thought it said ACC. Pac-12 and ACC. See? Right there in the notification. Really? I thought... I thought it, I thought it was... Maybe, it was... maybe they changed it? I thought it was uh, Big Ten as well because who played in it last year? Um, I don't remember who played in it last year. I, I remember twenty eighteen. It was Northwestern and Utah. Who, who was, it was it USC year? and Iowa? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna look up the twenty 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 Holiday Bowl. No, I think that's. I think. I think it is twenty nineteen, Sean. Because oh, maybe that was. The, oh no, it would have been the last Holiday Bowl. So, yeah, so it was Iowa USC. Okay. Yeah, Iowa and USC. So they must have changed it. I guess it's an or ACC maybe, or maybe game that's now. a typo. That could be. That's also. Possible. I haven't heard any any news on the bull partnership front. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, anyway, uh, so we're looking at what are some of these numbers here? So points per game for Cincinnati, thirty-five point seven. Allegedly, I'm not sure. Allegedly, I'm not sure. Wait. Well, well, no. Think about it. Think about it. How many did we put up against? Fifty-five. Lost a piece. Fifty-five. Twenty-four. Seventy-nine. 28 is 107. Yeah, I, I, no, it makes sense. That's 30. That would, yeah, it, it just then that seems high. That 55 is an outlier. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, SMU's averaging 42.6 through five games. There's that air raid offense. Points allowed per, per game. Look at this. US, or I'm sorry, USF. SMU, rather. And we're not playing has, USF. Has almost double, actually has more than double points allowed per game than Cincinnati. Cincinnati sitting at 12.3, SMU at 25.4. That's after Cincinnati played an Army team, who a very good Army team, mind you, who runs the triple option. And they gave up three points that game. You know why it's so high here? Austin P. That game's the outlier. 20 points in that game. It was seven for USF and three for Army. Now, it was 10 points total in the final score, but that was because Desmond Ritter, you know, threw the ball away at one point. Two points, rather. It was a missed pitch. Yes. Which that play never works. Uh, yeah, well, it can if you get to the edge fast enough. But anyway, uh, total yards. I don't... I think this is defense again. Uh, Cincinnati, three... That's offense. It can't be. It, it is. Can't, no, no, because, look, no, because be. yards allowed is down... Below. Oh, I guess it is. So total yards, and then they give you passing and rushing. That's weird. Wait, how can that be if Desmond Ritter has 597 yards passing? That's weird. Anyway, uh, Cincinnati at 396, SMU at 563 um, yards passing. This has to be... I don't know. I'm really We pass confused. for 218 per game. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really confused. That that can't be true. Maybe you've maybe. Well, no, because don't forget Ben Bryan's thrown some passes. Um, 
Well, I guess if it, look at how it comes out to a point something number. I think this it, has to be per game, right? Yeah. So we so we have three. So we average three ninety six a game. That's not very good. No. Five sixty three. Okay, that right, that right there. Like you look at the you look at the elite offenses in our conference: SMU, Memphis, and UCF. They're putting up five hundred yards a game. Yeah, and that's why I go back to the point where I said, "How is UC winning games if they're only accruing three hundred ninety six yards a game?" It makes you wonder. It really does. I, it, it, well, because you have a lethal weapon in James Smith. Don't forget that. So then. If he can pin the other offense deep, and then we can keep them there with our defense, well, then they boot it away, and then that gives us a shorter field. Or the defense just forces what they've done how many times so far this season? Like 10? Uh, I don't know. And they force turnovers. They force a lot of turnovers. I mean, we have three players in our secondary that have two interceptions each. Yep. Two interceptions each for three different players. Through three games. That's daggum impressive. Yeah, no, it is. And you're gonna need him. You're gonna need to have those plays on Saturday. If it, I think the turnover battle is definitely a crucial factor in this. I also think too that if the defense does not force a turnover, that they can still contain SMU's offense. I think they need to at least get a couple of turnovers, though. I think you need to give the ball back to your offense because the defense is gonna get tired if 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 you can't create turnovers. And you can't win battles in the trenches, and they just keep storming down the field. Your defense is going to be really tired, and your offense isn't going to see the field very much. Yeah, and you can't have the defense tired. You can't have you can't put so much of an onus on the defense to um, to deliver. But like I but what, what I'm telling you, Sean, I was trying to, and I mentioned this on the Army broadcast. We mentioned this. The defense was the defense was you know trying to do too much in that game. They were doing too much because the offense could not could not score. You know, I saw a stat that UC had 14 first downs in the Army game. Just 14 first downs. Yeah. But you can't blame the defense for that. No, defense I'm not, I'm not trying job. to blame the defense. I'm trying to say the office needs to keep the defense off the field. You know, SMU is probably, you know, with their air raid offense, they're going to have these short drives that lead to points. How you respond to that is obviously by scoring. But you have to also think about other factors within the game. This is what great head coaches do. They think about all the factors within a game. Luke Fickle is probably going to, you know, they're probably going to go ball control offense. They'll probably have like, you know, five, six minute drives. Keep the defense off the field. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the defense, I mean, the secondary is going to be running around like with their heads cut off. The linebackers are going to be covering tight ends and wide receivers. Heck, the running backs are pretty good wide receivers too. This is a game where you have to use ball control offense. Yep. And... I also think, like, you know, we talk about, you know, first down. If you if you let SMU get, like, 10 to 15 yards every first play of a possession, that, 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 that diminishes the confidence that, you know, it gets them going. And if you if, – but if you force them into, like, you know, second and 10, then their play calling becomes a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I You know, personally, I think this is actually one of those games – this is something I always say – if I win the coin toss, I always defer. I personally Why? think that I just because I wouldn't have the ball in the second half, starting off the second okay, half. Okay, but that okay. Whoa, 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 Hey, excuse me. Hang on. You're hang shh. Hang on. I'm not done yet. I think this is one of those games where I actually wouldn't do that. I actually would want to get the ball first on offense and I would want to try to score first and I would want to try to be on the board before they are to try to give my team a little bit more momentum, momentum if at all possible. I sincerely apologize for cutting you off because I didn't know I didn't know that you were going to go there, but I think you're absolutely right because if you if you win the coin toss, because who's to say yeah, oh having the ball first to start the second half is great, but what if you're down twenty eight nothing? That's what I'm saying. I think this is there's one of those no, games. There's, where there's you no guarantee. Oh, no, I totally think it is. This is one of those rare games, yeah, you, in my opinion. Like I remember when. The Patriots and the Chiefs played in the AFC Championship game in 2018. Bill, the Patriots won the coin toss. Bill Belichick said, we're taking the ball first. They waste nine minutes off the clock and get a touchdown on their first mm-hmm. possession. And I what, think that's another thing you have to do. Yeah, is, and what that did was because we, we uh, they knew Kansas City's offense was great. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback, maybe besides Deshaun Watson, who can compete against Bill Belichick's defense. But you think about 
when you take the opening coin toss and you take that much time off the clock, your defense is well-rested and you have the lead. Yep. Now, and then their offense is sitting over on the field, on the sideline. You know, maybe they're not staying warmed up kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, th- these are the factors that no one talks about, but yet mm-hmm. they do make an impact and a difference on the game. I think it depends on who you play. But majority of the time, I'm deferring if I win the coin toss. But this is one of those games where strategically... I think it is a smarter decision to get the ball first. Well, this on offense. is well, this is definitely one of those games. But I think every game you take the opening. If you if you win the coin toss, you take it. I also think that this is a chance to see what Ritter is going to do in this game. That first two, three, four drives. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? If he goes out and he turns the ball over on the first drive, ooh, that might not be a very good uh, no. look outlook for the rest of the the game or potentially the season for him. It's here's my problem. Here is my problem. Luke Fickle is so attached to the hip to Ritter, and the whole coaching staff is. And rightfully so. I understand that, but at the same time, like, if you're try if you're if you're trying to win games, at some point in time, you're gonna have to pull him if he's not performing mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. If you fall behind 14-0, and Ritter is like two of eight for ten yards and an interception. See ya. See you later, alligator. And Ben Bryant's going to come in. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Um, th- that's what should happen. And we talked about Ritter when he became the starter. It was 10 nothing against UCLA. And th- 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 Luke Fickle made the move at the exact right time. Was it really 10 nothing? It was 10 nothing. Maybe it was. I do remember that Hayden Moore turnover. UCLA UCLA had a field goal and then Hayden Moore fumbled. I think it was after the fumble. I think it was after the fumble. I think you're right. I actually do remember that. By the way, have you seen what uniforms we're wearing on? Yeah, it's the same as the Marshall uh, look from last year. So to Red be- helmets, white jerseys, black pants. Which Did I we- like. I'm a fan of. Do we wear black at Marshall? We wore black pants. I thought we wore white. No. It was red. It was red. It was red, white, and black from top to bottom. Oh, maybe. Okay. You know what? Maybe now I'm remembering it. I thought they were white at Marshall. Maybe I was just. Maybe I don't. We were white at Ohio State. Were we ever? That was. We were whitewashed. That's another good way to put it. We wouldn't have been a total goose egg offensive, you know. Eh. If um, what's his face could hold onto the ball. Tavion Thomas. Tavion could hang out of the friggin' ball. I mean, he was literally at the goal line. He was, like, at the goal line, and he dropped the ball. You should have known with the way that that game was going that was going to happen. But anyway, we're not talking about that. They had some delicious breakfast there, but anyway. Eh, it was okay. Are are you kidding me? The smoothies there? They were killer. I fell in love with their smoothies. I don't drink smoothies. I don't either, but it was good. Eh, Okay. All right. Um, well, we haven't given our score predictions yet. Yeah. Uh, so the over under, I think, was what did I say it was two and a half. No, the the, or the over under was fifty five point five, and the that is way too low. I disagree. That I, is, I agree. That I agree. is way too low. Yeah, I disagree with that Good line. God. I disagree with that line too. Um, and then the difference was two and a half. Uh, Cincinnati plus two and a half, and then SMU minus two and a half. I'm not confident, Sean. I'm not. I'm terrified, and I hate to pick against the Bearcats, and in my career, I never have. And I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't, because I'm afraid of doubting my own team. with your head, Sean. I'm afraid of doubting my own team. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. Who picked UCLA in the first year? Me. Thank you very much. Yeah, you did. Who was the only one who called Hayden Moore winning us a bowl game? Whatever. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Uh huh. That's different. You probably who said who said Ben Bryant's a better quarterback? You for the last two seasons. You you also said that Jared Dokes is better than Michael Warren, which is is, athletically, I think he is. Athletically, he is, but as a running back, no. As as an overall running back, I'm taking Michael Warren. Interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, interesting. You also said we would beat Ohio State. That's because again, I don't like to pick against my own team. Okay. You also said you think the Bengals are going to win on Sunday. I was almost right on that. No, this and, Sunday. Well, I, I said earlier today that they would not. Mm-hmm. I predict, well, almost uh, right isn't. 
I know. Like, they were up 21 nothing though. Yeah, they were. And then what happened? I know. I just say we're going to talk about the Bengals on the show. Today. Yeah, we're not, but I'm just making a point. So they anyway. The game on Sunday, Battle of Ohio. Right. Uh, final score predictions, you go first. First off, the over-under is crap. Take the over. Matter, matter of fact, you, you, you can bet your mortgage on the over. You can bet your house on the over. I would. But I got to take that SMU 42-31. There will be points put up in this game. Yeah, that's a really good score prediction. And you know... Don't want to pick against the cats. I really, really don't. But I'm gonna say, man, I don't even know. I'll say SMU 38, Cincinnati 32. Okay. I That's will fair. pick against the cats this time. All right. As regret as much as I do not want to. But if I, they, but if they win, you're never picking against them again. We'll see. We will see. Well, I mean, they do still go to UCF, but that's yeah. a long way away. You can't think about that game. All right, so with that game out of the way, we're going to go ahead and take a look into the future here uh, with some college football matchups happening throughout the, the weekend. Um, tonight, actually, Arkansas State's taking on Appalachian State. I can't see a score for that. Um, however, it is at Appalachian State. It is live right now on ESPN. Be sure to go over and watch that if you got any time. Uh, well, right now it is uh, 31-7 Appalachian State at the half. That's what I figured it would be. Uh, some other notable games tomorrow night in the American. USF will take on Tulsa, and it will be at USF on ESPN. That is at 7.30. Give me Tulsa. I don't know. I think it could be a trap you, game. USF. It could be a trap game for Tulsa. It could be, but USF is horrible. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, but like kind of so they, is they Tulsa. They only beat the Citadel. Really? Yeah. Tulsa played Oklahoma State to a nine-point game at 16-7. That's, That's the fair. Big 12 we're talking about. That's fair. And their kicker... They don't play defense. Oklahoma State? The Big 12 does not play defense. They haven't played defense since the days of the Alamo. Correct. So that even further helps my point. Yeah. No, I was actually my point first, but you're right. Uh, continuing... Oh, yes. Uh, Illinois will take on number 14, Wisconsin, on the Big Ten Network. That First is at 8 o'clock. First game of the Big Ten season. Uh, ooh, this could be tough. Let's not forget, Illinois beat Wisconsin last year, I, so Wisconsin's going to know that. Yeah, I think they're going to remember that. I think they're going to wipe the floor with Illinois. <laughs> uh, Louisiana is going to be at UAB at uh, 8 p.m. That was the last college football stadium I was at before Nippert. Um, Syracuse will take on number one Clemson at noon tomorrow on the ACC Network. What's the line on that game? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's the matchup predictor at 99.4% for Clemson. Uh, spread is 46, and the over-under is 61.5. Good God. Wow. I, that's probably because of Clemson offense. I'll take the over. Actually, I'll say Clemson wins that game 70-7. to I'll take soft over on that one. Nebraska will take on uh, number five, Ohio State. Come on, Nebraska. Just Wouldn't it be so great, Sean, if Ohio State loses tomorrow? It absolutely would. I mean, that's, Saturday. That's at noon on Fox. That is in Ohio Stadium in Columbus. I'll take Ohio State by 50, though. Number 23, North Carolina State will take on number 14, North Carolina, at noon on ESPN tomorrow. Tickets as low as $300. Whoever oh that receiver is for North Carolina who dropped the ball on fourth down, I feel terrible for that man. Sucks Florida, that's a bad loss to Florida State. North Carolina will come ready tomorrow, or Saturday. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Rivalry games rivalry games off a bad loss, you never know. But rivalry I, games, period, you don't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I think North Carolina's going to get up for that game. I think they will. Kansas will take on number 20, Kansas State, noon on FS1. That is at Kansas State. Another Georgia. rivalry game, so you never know. Another top 25 matchup, Georgia Southern at co number 25, Coastal Carolina. That is at noon on ESPNU. Welcome to 2020 where Coastal Carolina is in the top 25. Give me Coastal Carolina. Uh, I'm only going to mention this game because it mentions a former opponent. Uh, Army is taking on Mercer at home, noon, CBS Sports Network. Army by a lot. Uh, we're not even going to talk about Auburn or Oklahoma. Temple is taking on Memphis at noon on ESPN+. Plus. That's... Memphis lost to Temple last year on the road by two. They will wipe Temple's you-know-what's. 
I, I, why would they want to wipe them though? I mean, that's just kind of gross. Well, oh, okay, let me rephrase that. They will, um, they will whitewash Temple. There you go. I'll say like, and by the way, Memphis is, they still have it. Okay, they had a long layoff in between games, and they still played SMU to a three-point game and held them to thirty points. And they somehow beat uh, UCF. Don't know how they did it, but they did it. It was a That's pretty a impressive That's a big-time win for that program. Ryan Silverfield has that team. You think about they lost Kenneth Gainwell. They lost Demonte Coxey. Those, are, those were two enormous playmakers for their offense last year. That Memphis team is legit. Look out next week here in Nipper Stadium. We'll get to that more on next Wednesday, though. If you like the toilet bowl, Florida State's taking on Louisville at noon on ESPN3. Yeah, but maybe Florida State's found something after that win over North Carolina. Louisville's no, they, no, coming off a tough no, loss to... No, no, they haven't. North Carolina's overrated. Highly overrated. They still beat a top-five team. It's not With a... the first-year yeah, head yeah, coach. Yeah, they did, but North Carolina's overrated. Overrated give me, give me Florida State because I don't think Louisville's that good. Give me Florida State as well there. Uh, Tulane's taking on UCF UCF at home. Or, well, it's in Spectrum Stadium. In the, they call it the bounce house on here. That's interesting. Uh, at 2 o'clock on ESPN, 2, two o'clock. It's a weird time. That's I, very odd. I'll take UCF, but Tulane played them tough last year, if you remember. They did. Tulane could potentially win that game. However, I'm going to take UCF. Same here. Uh, another top 25 matchup, Florida Atlantic taking on number 22, Marshall. That'll be at Marshall. That's 2.30 p.m. Uh, no TV network there. Interesting, considering they're a top 25 team. I wonder, Coastal Carolina even has a slot for TV. Uh, number two, Alabama. It's the third week in October. Taking on Tennessee. Tennessee will be playing at home in Neyland Stadium can at 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Can I just make this comment? It makes me sick how overrated and overhyped Tennessee is every single year. I mean, they are not good. Same they, goes for, uh, who else do I think? Oh, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin. Wisconsin, uh, I, Wisconsin's not overhyped to me. I they're think, way overhyped. I don't think they are. I mean, they're ta- They're a solid team that's not Ohio State. They're a solid team that's not Ohio State, but I just... No. Okay, now I will also say this. It's Tennessee and USC. Year after year, I hear about, oh, the recruiting class that's coming in. It's going to... Oh, it's gonna it's glorious and it's gonna bring this program back and whatever and pfft, Tennessee got wiped by uh Kentucky. Kentucky. Now Kentucky's a solid program. I'll give I'll give Kentucky that, but I think that was their first win in Tennessee in like thirty something years. I think since nineteen eighty seven. I think that sounds right. Uh give me Alabama by thirty. Yeah. Number three Notre Alabama's Dame. Alabama's pretty good, by the way. Alabama's damn good. Well, that's why they're the number two team in the country. Second half against Georgia was a statement. Uh, number three, Notre Dame will be going to Pitt, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Give trap me Notre game. Dame. That is a trap game, but give me Notre Dame. Clemson-Notre um, Dame is going to be phenomenal. It will. By the way, let me see Notre Dame's schedule real quick. I want to see who they play, because the ACC is significantly better than, than it was last year. So who do they have? They got Pitt, it, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Boston College, UNC, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. So going to UNC won't be easy. Hosting Clemson will not be easy. That Boston College game is the epitome of a trap game. Agreed. Oh, my gosh. Wake Forest, too, even. <laughs> I'll even call Wake Forest a trap game. Every game's a trap game. Yeah, if you every don't, if, if, if every you're... road game, let's be honest. Really, every game. I mean, did you expect Oklahoma to lose at home to Kansas State? No. No, but, but that's not a, that wasn't like a trap game. That was just a shocker. You don't play your best. Shocker. Okay. Keep going. Number 17, Iowa State. This will be re- Actually, this will be really good. Number 17, Iowa State will be taking on number 6, Oklahoma State. 3.30 p.m. on Fox. That is at Oklahoma State. Uh, Maybe the Sooners. The Sooners? I'm sorry, the Cowboys. I was going to say, you're on something over there. Uh, I am. I saw a stat earlier that was like, it's the this is the first time in the AP poll history that Auburn, Tennessee, and like a few other programs haven't been ranked in the top 25 since like 1943. At least one of them. Texas was another one on there. It was a crazy it's Probably stat. like Auburn, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Te- Oklahoma, Texas. Maybe uh, USC. I think USC maybe was one of them. I can't remember. Anyway, number eight, Penn State taking on Indiana. Indiana will be playing at home. That's 3.30 on FS1. Ooh. I'll take Penn State. That's a, that's, that's gonna, that could be a good game. Uh, number 19, Virginia Tech will take on Wake Forest at Wake Forest, 3.30 on ESPN3. That means you can only see that online. That's not a 
television network channel. More ESPN, or I'm sorry, more American action, rather. Houston will be taking on Navy. Navy will be playing Ooh. at home, 3.30 on CBS Sports Interesting Network. Interesting game there, but I'll take Navy. I'll take Navy as well. I don't think Houston's going to be able to stop the triple option. Baylor at Texas, 3.30 on ESPN. That actually could be a pretty pretty good game, I think. I, Give me Baylor, though. I want to take Baylor just because I don't think Texas is very good. Yeah. Uh, other notable games here. Looking for some. Wow, it's a somewhat of a boring week this week, actually. South Carolina is playing LSU uh, at LSU in Death Valley at 7 p.m. on ESPN. That could be a good game. South Carolina coming off a really good win Give against Give me South Auburn. Carolina. LSU is in trouble. Give me South Carolina as well, actually. Uh, 18 Michigan taking on number 21 Minnesota. College game day will be there at Minnesota, 7.30 on ABC. I don't trust Jim Harbaugh in these kinds of games. Give me Minnesota. I will also take Minnesota there. Virginia will take on Miami. Miami is number 11 in this game. That is at Hard Rock Stadium, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. Give me Miami, Florida. Texas State will be traveling to BYU at 10.15 p.m. Who's Texas State? On ESP. What? Give me BYU. You've never heard of Texas State? I feel I, I probably have. I'm just... Anyway. In general, I'm wondering, like, you know. Oh, uh, here's here's interesting. New Mexico at Colorado State has been canceled. Well, a lot of games have been That's true, but that's just that's year. just another game to add to the list. I mean, considering that college football was on the brink of being canceled, I mean, it's a miracle that all 10 conferences are going to be playing this season. I mean, I give the Big Ten a lot, a lot of credit for pulling... Um, pulling it off that they're going to be able to play. Um, yeah. So let's go to, real quick, some NFL action this week. By the way, right now, for those at the time that this is being recorded, the Eagles lead the Giants 10-7 to with about one minute to go in the first half. That NFC East division is a clown show. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh... The Cowboys are 2-4 and four and alone in first place Yeah. with that's... Andy Dalton as their quarterback. That about sums up their season. Okay, so what do we have? By the way, the um, there has been a scheduling change due to uh, COVID nineteen. So get this, Sean: the entire Las Vegas Raiders offensive line has been sent home due to COVID nineteen. Because really? one offensive lineman was put on the reserve COVID list, so they sent the entire starting offensive line home. Oh, geez. So that's not good for Derek Carr. No, and it's not good, especially going up against Tampa Bay's defense. That game was originally Sunday Night Football on NBC. That has been since moved to 4.05 on Fox. Now the Sunday Night game is going to be really interesting. The Seahawks at the Cardinals. Oh, at Cardinals. Yes, at the Cardinals. Kyler Murray has had an up-and-down second season. I still believe in him. But He's leading the league in rushing touchdowns right, though, right now, though, I think. For quarterbacks or just in general? For quarterbacks. I'll take Seattle. Seattle's a damn good team on the road. And, I think Seattle would win that and game. And well. Russell Wilson will come ready to play in prime time. Um, as he always does. And what, what else do we have? Um, Except Jimmy, for the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo makes his return home to face the, or makes his return to Foxborough to face the to lead the 49ers against the Patriots. Oh, that'll be a good game. I'll take New England. I trust Bill Belichick off a bad loss to make the necessary adjustments. I don't think that the 49ers have the same team they did last year. I think they have a lot of injuries going on this year. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out uh, in New England. Nick Bosa, last year's defensive rookie of the year, is out. They... I think you're right, Sean. I, I was a little out on... I was a little um, disagree with those who said the 49ers weren't very good at the start of the season. I do believe in that. I don't think they're as as dominant as they were or as lethal of a team in all facets of, facets of the game as they were last year. Uh, other games to note this week, of course, the Bengals are home to take on the Browns. The The line on that game is Cleveland minus three, the over-under at 50.5. I'm taking a slight over on that. Uh, the game that I am most looking forward to, though, is in Nashville between the Steelers and the Titans, both teams at 5-0. and hmm. This is the Steelers' first road game, though, since week one. Because this game was originally scheduled for Week 4, but postponed due to the outbreak within the Tennessee Titans organization related to COVID-19. I will take the Titans in that game. I'll take the Titans as well. Derrick Henry's going to run circles around the defense. Derrick Henry literally threw a grown man into the air with one hand. He did do that. That's Josh Norman, by the way, that he did that to. So did um, Khalil Mack against Tampa Bay. Khalil Mack, I can understand. 
Because, well, you can't understand what Derrick Henry's a running back. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, he's he is. built like a tight end. 6'3, 247. Yeah, Did you see Mike Tomlin said that Derrick Henry running the football is like Bud Dupree, who's a linebacker on the Steelers, running the football? Yeah, that's true. That's Derrick Henry. And can, imagine, like, can you imagine giving the ball to like Troy Polamalu or something like that? Not, he's not quite the same comparison. He but. wasn't that big. Now, he was um, physical. That entire team is. Um, Monday Night Football Bears and the Rams. Great match. Bears. I'm taking the Bears too. That they are they are a legitimate contender. I think they could find themselves in, in the NFC Championship game. What really? Yeah, actually, I think they could. Well, I them mean, or maybe the Packers. Green Bay was horrid last week. They were against Tampa Bay. They were. They did. They did not play very well. No. Anyway. Uh, that is your NFL week. Those are the most notable games in week seven of the NFL season. What do we got with high school football? High school football. The regional semifinals are this weekend, uh, particularly tomorrow night. Uh, number eight, Medina, will take on number five. This is seeds, by the way. Uh, number eight will take on number five, St. Ignatius. This is the first region. Uh, give me St. Ignatius there. They're a powerhouse every year. They always have been in football. Uh, Mentor is taking on Brunswick. Mentor actually won the state championship, I think, my senior year of high school. I think. Uh, give me Mentor there. Uh, we'll go off over here to the second division. Or, I'm sorry, Division One, Region Two, rather, uh, in the regional semifinals. Dublin Kaufman is taking on Olentangy Liberty. Give me Dublin Kaufman. Give me Dublin Kaufman as well. Northmont, Northmont is taking on Springfield. Wow, that could be a really good game. It could give me, be. Give me Springfield. I'll take Springfield in that game. I think they'll play physical with Northmont. Northmont's a flashy team. Uh, I actually have, believe it or not, I've never heard of Northmont. There's a lot of teams in Ohio I've never heard of. Pick Central's taking on Hilliard-Bradley. Hilliard Great uh, matchup. Pick Central, of course, beat Elder in the state championship last year. Uh, I blame it on Doug Ramsey's play calling on fourth down and also Elder's inability to tackle a friggin' quarterback. Um... New Albany, 10th ranked New Albany, will be taking on number three, Westerville Central. Give me Westerville there. Uh, by the way, Pickerington at one seed, Hillier Bradley at 13. I always forget which Westerville our, our fellow staff member Justin went to. I actually, I don't Was remember. Was it South? Every time he says it, and I always forget it. I actually have no idea. I didn't know he went to Westerville. I don't. I, I think I've only asked him one time, or Westerville. It's a nice area. I don't think I ever really That is a really nice area. I probably asked him when I first met him, which was, you know... Up in Columbus. A long time ago. All right, so now we got the Cincinnati... No, the first time I met him was uh, shadowing. Actually, it wasn't even shadowing. It was like... God, what was it? It was like over the summer before school even started. Was it orientation? Uh, it's, probably, it's probably orientation. Yeah, All right, that was when so... I first met him. Anyway. What we got in Cincinnati? Final region, Lakota West. Ranked in the first spot. Lakota West is the first well, What's their record? Maybe seed. There, there's a reason But why. it's Lakota West. It, they're never the first seed. That is, I mean, that, that is mind-blowing. First time for everything. The Firebirds? What the heck? They're the one seed taking on the five seed Coleraine Cardinals? Are you, you kidding I, me? I hate to tell you. Uh, they went 7-0. They... Who have they beaten? Okay. Um, they beat... Uh, you beat Cole Rain, you're doing something. Oh, they already beat. And Cole by the Rain. way, that's Cole Rain's first GMC loss since 2008. They beat. Uh, well, they played in. Uh, in all conference score not reported against Oak Hills. That probably means the game got canceled because the probably. record didn't change. Uh, I mean, let I me mean, look. They just beat these teams handily. Well, they really did. Yeah, I mean, I got to give it to them. They had a pretty convincing yeah, season so, so sometimes far. Sometimes you got to do some digging around. I'm just saying, Lakota West is never okay. Maybe they never have been, but this is I, a new year. I think this. I, I don't know who I'm going to go with there because I think potentially you could see Cole Rain fight back in the playoffs. I'll say, and, Cole, I'll say Cole Rain. You know, I'm not sure. I want to go Cole Rain, and I want to go Cole. I want to go now Lakota you know, West. Now you know this is significant because Tom Bolden, the head coach of Lakota West, was formerly a Cole Rain. You know what? I mean, that's. I, I think I got to give it to. I think because of that, you got to give it to Lakota West. I, I'm going to give it to Lakota West. I think All if right. you're the head coach, that you think about like, um, uh, oh gosh, um, who's the head coach at, at Oakland right now? The Raiders. Yeah. Well, they're in Vegas, but or, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, John Gruden. John Gruden. I mean, think about when he switched from the from uh, Tampa Bay 
to or um we went from oakland to tampa he went from oakland to tampa rather and then tampa smoked oakland in the super bowl because they used the same offensive scheme and everything and I have a feeling that might be very much the same thing here. However, who knows, man? I, I'm I'm gonna take Lakota West. But it's one of those things where like you, trap game. Like you you forget that the, the Buccaneers have won a Super Bowl. You do forget that, yeah. You forget the Jets have won a Super Bowl. My God. Granted, it was Super Bowl two, but it's still a Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, anyway, probably the most thrilling, at least in my humble opinion, aside from the Springfield <laughs> game. Aside from the Springfield game. Yeah. Yeah. Elder is taking on St. X. Elder coming into the seventh seed. Uh, St. X, the GCL champion, third seed. Should I make a pick in this game? Because I haven't, I haven't seen these two teams play. Man, I don't know. Because Elder's, Elder is... They're not a good team. I mean, they're not. I hate to admit it. But Drew Ramsey is the entire team. He's really... He's really... I mean, he's Doug Ramsey's kid. So, of course, he gets to play the most. Hey. Um, Doug Ramsey's kid. I mean, he's the entire offense. He's not the entire defense, but he makes plays on defense. But he is like Elder's entire offense. If you can stop Drew Ramsey, you can pretty much shut Elder down. I don't know that Elder will survive this matchup. Really, I truly don't. I think St. X is actually probably going to win this one pretty convincingly. As much as I hate to pick against the Panthers, I, I, I think St. X is going to win pretty handedly. They All beat right. him in the regular season. However, like I mentioned earlier before the show... You gotta watch out in the playoffs. You can win the GCL regular season, that's fine. But you gotta win when it matters. You have to. Elder beat St. X in the playoffs last year. So it'll be interesting if St. X will probably come in, you know, with a chip on their shoulder from last year and also winning the GCL this year. But you gotta be careful in the playoffs. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day, which is what we were just saying about Colerain and Lakota West. So who knows? I, I still am not entirely confident about Elder. They're not, they're not the team they were last year. Um, so give me St. X there. Do you want to make a pick? Because you can't offend I, me. You I, can't I, offend me now because I just picked St. X. I haven't, I haven't seen these two teams play. I'll take St. X, though. Okay. I'm, we covered everything, really. There's nothing on the Reds to report. We don't really talk about FC Cincinnati. Offseason has started for them, though. That is true. Um... Yeah, I think we have... I think we've touched on everything. So, with that being said, make sure you tune in Saturday, 9 o'clock. What channel is it again? It's on ESPN2. It's on ESPN2. If you want to watch it on TV, uh, BearCast is going to try and pull... I I think we're going to be able to do this. Um, uh, A remote broadcast of the game. Yours truly and Zach Freeze will have it beginning at 8.30 p.m., Link will be provided, of course, on BearCastMedia.com. And you guys are going to be tired after that game. Easy for you. I have to work midnight to 8th at night. I got someone to cover the first part of that. Well, game. that's an Yeah, there's an even. Yeah, there you go. So I will be, yeah, and then I'm going to the Bengals game on Sunday. So Yikes. I'm gonna Yikes. Be, I might sleep the entire day on Monday before our Bengals reaction show with Justin and Preston. I, 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 think, you, I think you're kind of obligated to at this point. I mean, I'm obligated to sleep. Do your, do your body to. some good. Help yourself out a little bit. Anyway, we're getting off topic, so make sure you tune in. 9 o'clock, Cincinnati will take on SMU. I'm Sean McMahon. Make sure you tune in to BearCast as well if you want to listen to Alex and Zach. Sean McMahon joined by Alex Frank. So long, everybody.